welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. episode of the proper mental podcast thank you very much for joining me it's episode 63 my guest this week is Susie Weaver who's a mental health campaigner advocate and blogger and Susie's blog is called so happy in town and she writes about lifestyle and parenting and mental health and she is also behind the shit tea campaign which you will probably have seen on social media somewhere along the lines um it's those t-shirts that say it's okay to feel s-h-i-t well s-h-i-t is the acronym of Susie's blog so happy in town all sorts of people wear them and when you buy one of those t-shirts a hundred percent of the profit goes to young minds the young people's mental health charity and they've been worn by crikey everyone really i think half the england rugby teams wore one uh, Simon Pegg, Sean Ryder, all these really cool people off the telly and from music and just from popular culture, really. And to date, that campaign has raised uh, 35 grand for Young Minds, which is incredible, really. So, um, yeah, me and Susie caught up to chat all about that. We chat about how it started and how it got up and running and how it spread, really. And that's fascinating to hear how something like that, just just an idea, right? It starts with an idea and then you do something and next thing you know, you've raised 35 grand. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool to learn a little bit about that. What else do we talk about? We talk about Susie's own experience with depression and how that kind of inspired her to become active in the mental health space. We talk about how the conversation has changed over uh, her time as a mental health advocate. We talk about we talk about self-care. We talk about social media. We talk about the importance of self-love and self-esteem. And we just have a good old chat, really. This one, um, it goes all over the place. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I followed Susie on social media for quite a while. And I'm just used to kind of, I don't know, we swapped messages and comments and, you know, liked each other's posts and shared stuff and all that. And I just kind of I felt like I knew her already, you know, she's one of them internet friends. So to sit down and have a chat with her was just, yeah, it was absolutely lovely. I really enjoy myself. Uh, One thing that we talk about is that Susie is an ambassador for My Black Dog. um, And that's a mental health support charity. They're a free online mental health chat support that's run completely by volunteers. So everyone who helps out there has their own lived experience of some sort of mental ill health. And it's a chat support so you can message them during the times that they're open and someone will get back to you just to have a a chat via text and they're a truly wonderful organization and we chat about them and we chat about Susie how Susie got involved with them and you'll probably have heard me chat about my black dog quite a lot if you're a regular listener if you haven't then if you go back a few episodes I spoke to Nikki Clark who's the founder of my black dog I've also talked to uh, who have I spoke to from My Black Dog? I've spoke to a band called In Earnest, or Sarah and Tom from In Earnest. And that's a wonderful conversation. That's really, really cool. Um, they're also ambassadors for My Black Dog. And I suppose while I'm talking about them, let's give their EP a little shout out because it's 
wonderful. It came out towards the end of last year. It's called Reasons to Stay Alive. It's um, a very mental health focused record, but it's absolutely beautiful. It's a stunning record, so I highly recommend that. Also, on the My Black Dog theme, very early on, I spoke to a guy called Nick Hogbin, Nick Noise, and he is the host of a podcast called The Mouth of Manliness. And he's another lovely bloke. He's um he's a friend of mine and his podcast is brilliant. So shout out Mouth of Manliness. I highly recommend you go and check them out. And if you like what I do, you'll like what Nick does. He's um, very much an inspiration for me in the podcast space. And if you'd like to read some of Susie's blogs or go and get yourself a shit tea, which you definitely should, if you just go to sohappyintown.co.uk and you can follow her on social media at sohappyintown. If you would like to know more about My Black Dog, you can go to myblackdog.co, I think it is. I'll put the link in the episode notes just to be sure. If you want to catch up with me, all the usual things that I say every week, propermentalpodcast.com. You can email me via the website and there's links to all previous episodes. There's links to podcasts I've been on. There's links to some little interviews and press and stuff that I've done. Everything you need about me is on the website. You can grab me on social media at Proper Mental Podcast. Instagram is probably your best bet. And if you could do me a solid and rate and review the podcast, subscribe, tell your mates, tell your nan, shout it from the rooftops, all of that stuff, it would be very much appreciated. Anyway, let's crack on. It's the Proper Mental Podcast, episode 63. And my guest this week is Susie Weaver. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. If that's, uh, that's all right with you, yeah. Yeah. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast, and my guest this week is Susie Weaver. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Great, great to be on, Tom. Oh, mate, thank you for joining me. I, I was thinking today that this feels a little bit overdue, Susie, to be honest, because we kind know. of, you know, know of each other on social media. And, uh, yeah, we clutched yeah. a while ago, didn't we, through, through Instagram. I feel like, I almost thought when you asked me, has I talked to Tom already? Because... I've been kind of following what you've been doing, which is amazing. And this podcast and, I, and thought, no, I've never been on. So I'm, I'm very excited to be on. Yeah, it's about time, right? About time. <laughs> Apologies, it took me so long. But yeah, I had a bit of a shock myself when I was going through my list of names and I was thinking, oh, I must have asked Susie by now. But there you go. <laughs> Maybe, uh, attended, you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. I suppose that like the best place to start, Susie, you know, let's start with you. And where does your, your, um, your passion for mental health come from where does your interest in this in this space come from um yeah good question well I started struggling when I first got hit really by uh, mental health struggles in my early 20s sort of completely out of nowhere you know one of those sort of situations where I couldn't pinpoint anything in particular that had triggered anything but as is so often the case you know it was just kind of hit me with blinding sort of panic attacks and um yeah, real anxiety and depression. And, you know, back then, that's in the 90s, I was at university, you know, it was a real taboo subject. And I hadn't even really heard the words mental health before, because we were never talked about it at school, or it was something that was seen as a bit of a weakness, or, you know, so someone who was a bit, you know, you know, just not quite right in the head, you know, completely wrong terminology, but that's how it was seen back then. So, I just did not know what was wrong with me. And I was sort of, it was a horrible, lonely, scary place to be. And I was, um, I sort of tried to talk to people, but 
you know, no one really sort of wanted to know about it. It was like, oh, you know, I remember a friend saying, oh, I just thought you're freaking me out because I was trying to explain this horrible sort of panic attack. I mean, I didn't really know myself what was happening. So I thought I was really ill. So I was in and out of hospital and um, I was actually finally, finally spoke to my mum, which was the best thing I ever did. And, you know, that took quite a lot to get me to talk to her but she was amazing and she sort of said to me you know I think you're depressed and I immediately went you know I'm not, I'm not depressed that was something that I I wrongly sort of attached to someone who was not strong who was you know failing in life who couldn't cope and I was very sort of yeah you know kind of horrified she thought that might be the case but you know thankfully she got me to our GP and I was very very lucky that he sat with me you know I think I was in there for an hour and it just all came out and I was you know, completely broke down and he, he said you know you are you are struggling with depression and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's an, an illness less like a physical illness and we can get you help so I went down the antidepressant route which I know it's not for everyone but it completely lifted me out of a very very dark place and throughout my 20s I was um, on antidepressants and it was still very much you know I didn't tell anyone where I uh, in my jobs that I was struggling with my mental health. I didn't really talk to my friends. It was still very much a sort of, I guess, guilty secret that I didn't want anyone to know about. And it was an incredibly lonely place to be. And then more recently, through my work as a teacher and, and as a parent, actually myself, seen someone very close, very young, really, really struggling. And as a family, that's it's been, you know, a really tough chapter. So I suddenly thought, Tom, what, you know, I, I need to do something. I need to do something, especially now because there are so many young people really struggling, or so many people, but I sort of specifically started off um, looking at um, young people's mental health. And I have a blog called So Happy in Town, which is an acronym for, can I say it on here? You Am certainly I like, can. I Go can. For I, your life, I never know. <laughs> <laughs> got my t-shirt on here it's okay to feel shit yes so it's an acronym for shit and I started talking, uh, writing about the sort of good shit and the bad shit about life and parenting and you know the the ups but also very much the real downs and the things that we all struggle with and I thought I can use this platform to start raising more awareness for mental health so I decided you know well, I was thinking, what can I do? I could run a marathon, or I couldn't actually run a marathon, but I could try and do something like that, or that'd be a one-off thing. And I thought, no, I want to do something with a bit more longevity, and I want to do something that's getting the conversations out there, getting us talking about mental health, and getting people to know that it's okay. So I decided on these T-shirts, and I got this slogan, it's okay to feel S-H-I-T. And I just thought, I honestly thought of myself, 10 it will be amazing and I spoke to young minds and they were really on board and and so 100% profit from every sale goes to them I know they're doing amazing things to to you know help every single young person that reaches out to them and their families and of course waiting lists as you know are absolutely huge so like we were it, families are desperate to get support and young minds are just amazing because they they really are helping so many people so um I started, yes, selling these. Yeah, I honestly thought, but friends and family, if they buy them, if we make 50 quid, that's that's wonderful. And then it kind of just, through the wonderful positives of social media, where I met someone like you, you know, it's, this can be so great. Um, it kind of snowballed and I was very lucky. I got lots of, you know, high profile celebrities on board. And so we've kind of been getting the message out 
more and more. So I've probably covered a lot of your questions there, but that was meant to be in a nutshell. But um, that is how it all started. And that's kind of where I am now. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd like what's I think is brilliant about the t-shirts and it, it kind of like doubles back a little bit of what you were saying there, you know, you know, you re- rewind back and um, people didn't know what mental health was, you know, and we, the only, you know, thing we knew about depression was like if someone on EastEnders was crying on the couch and that was a depression storyline. Right. And yeah. sometimes that I, something I've, I kind of think of a lot is that I'm used to talking about mental health but I tend to interact with a lot of people like yourself and all these other people on Instagram or who listen to this podcast that are all used to talking about mental health. And it's very easy to forget that there's still loads of people out there who don't know what mental health is, that don't know, that don't have these conversations. And what I love about the t-shirts is that it really like, it breaks out of the echo chamber of mental health. If that's a, that's probably a good way to say it, you know, it kind of, it gets people, whenever I wear mine, I always see people's eyes go into it. If I'm in the park with the kids and I've got mine or guaranteed someone will ask about it, you know, and it's such a good conversation starter. And it's a really good way of, yeah, just crossing that boundary, you know, because sometimes it does feel like, you know, talking about mental health and we're all just a bunch of people who kind of understand the system and understand talking about it. And we all talk to each other, but how do we get outside that, right? That's the tricky bit. It's so interesting you said that because I was just talking about this today because just like you, I have often wrongly, I, I forget because I'm talking to people like you all day, every day, and we're all talking about mental health and I sort of think oh, well, you know mental health awareness is it's really getting better and it's not a taboo subject at all we're, we're all kind of okay with it and I run a business as well which we do mental health workshops for the workplaces and I was talking to a CEO the other day and it was a sort of older man and I was talking about mindfulness and how important that is and how important it's just to you know look after your mental well-being and just, just the kind of language that we use all the time and concentrating your breathing and you know, a mental health toolkit, this kind of lingo that we throw about, just forgetting that some people are just thinking, what? And he was sitting there, I could tell he was just thinking, what a load of old baloney, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not buying into this. It's all a load of, kind of basic thing, it's all a load of rubbish. And it suddenly dawned on me, of course, we're in the minority here still. And the majority, and often it's not their fault, but they've been brought up, you know, it's been a very sort of taboo subject. They don't understand mental health. It's not something they want to talk about. They're fearful of it. And it dawned on me, yeah, of course, we there's so much stigma still to be smashed. And there's so many people out there who still are very afraid to talk about it, don't know perhaps why they are feeling the way they're feeling would certainly never tell anyone um so just what you said tom we forget sometimes don't we but there's still a lot of barriers to break down and that's what i love about the t-shirts because like when i wear my hoodie and my t-shirt and someone will come up to me and go oh my god i love your t-shirt and then i'll start explaining what it is and then they're like oh right and then they'll tell me about i i was struggling you know and or i know someone or someone in my family and it's just suddenly you're talking about mental health just like it's okay which has made it all so worthwhile yeah yeah it's like it almost like i feel like it almost advertises a safe space so if i've got that t-shirt on and someone strikes up a conversation that they know that they can say to me 
you know, I've had a problem with my mental health or I have a mental illness or whatever it might be. And I'll be like, yeah, sound me too. You know, like it's just completely, it's like a license to have that conversation because you don't know. It's the big thing about talking, isn't it? And, you know, a lot of the conversation around talking, talking is vital. Of course, you know, we have to, we have to promote that, but at the same time, you know, it's hard and you don't always know you're going to be listened to. Right. So, you know, I I often say, because we all, talk a lot of like, oh, it's good to talk it's great to talk I'm always saying that on Instagram and whatever but it's I always say as well like, don't get me wrong I know it's an incredibly hard thing to do it's not just like yeah do you know what actually no I'm not okay I'm really really struggling I'm really feeling depressed it, it, you know it's an incredibly hard thing to do because just like you said you have no idea what that response could be it could be just like horror and you know, being ostracized and what freak and you, you just, so it's easy to say, do it, but it's, I know it's very, it's much harder to actually do unless you know it's a very safe place and you know that person is going to sit and listen to you. Yeah, definitely. And that, you know, that's the beauty of the t-shirts, right? That message is right there. If someone's wearing that, you know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a safe space, you know, it's just like marking that territory to say, yeah, man, I'm cool with this stuff. And um, that's true. Yeah, I think and- that's, the number of um, men actually that have sent me messages, which is great, because quite a lot of you know big rugby players doing it. And obviously that's a very kind of old school that has been historically, you know, sort of I hate this phrase, but man up world and you can very much up so. and and they've wrote, written to me saying, Oh, you know, I saw so Joe Marler or Jason Leonard and they're saying it's okay and this is the first time I've ever felt able to talk about it that I've really struggled and so to hear those stories and also when parents say to me you know they were wearing the t-shirt and their, their kid says how come you're wearing you know shit how come you know the power of a naughty word and they just starts up this conversation about how it's okay to talk about these things within the family and you it's a safe place and you know it's okay however you're feeling yeah, very much so. Yeah. And I suppose with the word shit being the acronym for your blog as well, um, was something you mentioned, you know, at the start, you were writing about the the ups and downs of life, yeah. which is the stuff that feeds our mental health, right? Yeah. It's just the ups and downs of life. And there is this uh, misconception that it's, you know, it, there has to be trauma or that there has to be some big life event. And sometimes it is just the ups and downs of life that, you know, gradually chip away and, and yeah. things happen, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's not doesn't have to be some huge, triggering, terrible event. Often, unfortunately, it is for people, but it can just be like it was with me and so many other people. It just sort of happened, you know. The serotonin in my brain obviously just dropped, and it just sort of came from nowhere. So, I mean, as scary as that was, because you think, what on earth has happened to me? Um, it is something that you know, it's like you might your arm might start hurting, you get a sore throat, and it's just a similar thing we just have to try and get that message don't we across that and break that barrier down that it's, it's nothing to be ashamed about yeah sure how what was the what sort of response did you get from people around you when you started writing about this stuff Susie because obviously now you're very much associated with the conversation but there would have been a time when that would have been quite new territory for you writing about it but also for people reading about it right yeah completely because I had done these sort of different articles about parenting some of them were funny and some of them were funny ones about marriage and some of them were more sort of serious but I hadn't ever written about this specifically and I remember saying to my mum I'm going to write about this and I think it's really really important I'm going to be completely honest and it's the first time I've ever told 
well, I mean, apart from very close people to me, I'd, I'd ever really talked about it. And, you know, as it's often the case, you're probably the same, Tom, I, you know, like we, we all do, we sort of leave this house and we come across as a very sort of, you put on that mask often and they're sort of happy-go-lucky and control, yeah, everything's fine. And I think, I think a lot of people thought that about me. And I wrote it, I remember my mum saying, because she's more of that generation where, you know, very private and, oh, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Because it's, you know, it's a very personal thing and, and then everyone will know. And I said, but mum, that's the whole point because I want people to know that it's okay to talk about this. And, you know, I'm not ashamed of it, but, you know, don't get me wrong, it's taken me a long time to get there. To give 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been sitting here with you talking about it at all. But the minute, I remember being really nervous as well about click publish and literally... <laughs> Once I'd done it, the the response I got from not just people I didn't know who were saying, oh, my God, it's, it's just so good to hear someone else talking about it. But a lot of people that I had or I did know, I still know, who had been at university with me, for instance, and then they're like, oh, my goodness, we had no idea. And I was struggling. And it was all, all these people suddenly coming out saying, we just... I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you, but I just thought you were always great. And, you know, I had a really tough time back in whenever and I wish we'd talked, I wish we had talked about it, which is that whole reason I wrote it. And I was so pleased that I did because if we'd had these conversations or felt able to, things could have been so, you would have just felt so much less alone and, you know, that you, you could get through this with other people's help. And that's when I thought, I want other people to, to I don't want them ever to feel like that I want them to feel that they can talk about this and to to know that there's nothing wrong with them and other families not to feel that they're completely on their own when they've, they've got young people who do desperately need help and there's there's no help you know maybe six months they're told they might get an appointment and they just don't know where to turn so yeah, I, I wrote it and I, I realized it was this was the start of something for me anyway. I didn't know I didn't know where it would go at that point, but I realized that I really wanted to just just keep going with that conversation. Yeah, there's something really nice about that, isn't there? That like not knowing where it's going and just trusting that instinct to see it through. And it's often on that journey that the unexpected things come along, you know, but they're the things that actually, you know, do the do the good, so to speak. It's yeah, a... you're right. You have you have no idea sometimes, do you? And I remember friends saying to me, it will probably all happen organically. And I remember thinking, well, you know, if it if it doesn't go any further, it doesn't matter. If, you know, if I make 50 pounds for young minds and we raise a little tiny bit of awareness, that's that's great. And then it just, yeah, this sort of journey has carried on. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Do you remember the first, um, who was the first person, like, I would describe him as like a crossover person, you know, that sort of that name that um, sent a picture in with the T-shirt because um, they, mu they must, I, I would assume that attached to certain names, like you mentioned Joe Marla before, but yeah. attached to certain names, you must see a bump, right? When someone yeah. pops up on Instagram, then all of a sudden as if the orders go up a bit. Oh my goodness. Well, when Joe did it, um, that was amazing because he's just got a huge, you know, fan base. He's, he's huge now, isn't he? And he's obviously talks a lot brilliantly about his own experience with mental health struggles so there was a big bump there and I realized that this has kind of gone up a little level and I'll tell you what the biggest bump is um was Sean Ryder no way. he did it and some 
you know, some of these people are big names. And someone like him and Joe Marler, it was just immediately, no problem, absolutely, I will 100% do this. There are, you know, lots of other people who say they're going to do it. And, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, but you get these, these people who you don't think will do it, and they just go, absolutely, don't hesitate. So, yeah, so Sean Roger said he'd do it, which I couldn't really believe. And I hadn't realised that... You know, obviously he was bigger back in the day and with the Happy Mondays, but he's he's still got a huge loyal fan base. And literally, I could not keep up with. I mean, I actually thought I'm going to have to sort of get some someone I don't know, some teenager or something to, to volunteer and help me because I couldn't keep up with. I just remember saying to my husband, "Oh my god, there's like you know, a hundred more orders have just come in." It was it was mind blowing because he just made a huge kind of what's the word say bump but in a good way in the whole campaign and it just kind of skyrocketed i think on facebook i hadn't right he has a like massive following on there and people who saw him doing it were just like really really on board and yeah so he was he was amazing i had um ray winston did it as well that was pretty but you know, sometimes you can't, you pinch yourself going, oh my God, Ray Winston's got a shit t-shirt on. <laughs> and Simon Pegg did it as well. These people are just, you know, people like Ray Winston are saying, you know, I want to pay for my t-shirts. I don't want to you to give them to me. Just have really, you know, really decent, good, good people who want to help. Yeah. And that, that's the key, isn't it? To spreading that message, to breaking out of that eco chamber. And I think with a t-shirt as well, it's like, it makes it really, really simple because I, it can be a bit, you know, when celebrities sometimes talk about mental health on like in interviews and stuff like that. And of course it, it's valid, right? Mental health doesn't discriminate in any way. It doesn't care how much money you got in a bank or what you do for a living, of course. But then at the same time, and I'm guilty of this in the past, I do think like, well, you know, yeah, of course that's sad, but you know, you're not on an 18 month waiting list. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. not that relatable for the person in the street, but when they just throw a t-shirt on it's sort of it's spreading the message but without kind of adding anything to it you know yeah. so it's just like a really nice way of just kind of like putting it out there and spreading that awareness that is really hard to spread it's hard to spread awareness I think yeah that's very true actually I hadn't really thought of that they're not having to sort of bear their soul either because sometimes I think people maybe wrongly I don't know but who knows what's happened in anyone's life or in their heads but there has been a suggestion, hasn't it? It's all become a bit trendy to talk about, um, you know, mental health struggles and, you know, get getting sympathy or whatever. But, you know, I, I'm not saying anyone has done that, but um, with the T-shirt, yeah, I mean, they literally put it on. It's up to them what they say. Um, but the main message is, you just, it's okay to feel shit. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed about, and you are not alone. And and let's spread more awareness. So it's it's yeah, it's kind of that that simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. And, you know, you mentioned they're not people feeling like they're not alone and it is such a lonely spot, isn't it? You know, it really, really is. And there's that kind of ironic thing where, you know, you feel lonely and if you can't talk about it, then you pull away from other people and, you know, like purposely make yourself more lonely. And it, it's just this, this spiral, isn't it? And look, there's just so much, I sometimes think as well with like speaking about mental health is that, you know, the, a lot of people are scared to hear that conversation because they think, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm not trained. You know, I don't want to get it wrong, but yeah. with saying like, it's okay to feel shit. That's all you want to hear. Like, yeah. that's all I ever wanted to hear was someone say like, Oh mate, that sounds shit. You know, I didn't want saving. I didn't want fixing. I just wanted someone to say, Oh, you're not, you're not making this up. You're not 
completely yeah. losing the plot. It just yeah. sounds shit. And I was it, like, yes, exactly. that's it. That's all I need. That is so, no, it's spot on because I remember, when, like I mentioned earlier, when I tried to talk to a friend and she sort of was like, oh, you're, you're scaring me. I don't want to talk about this anymore. You're freaking out. And I, I remember thinking, oh my God, I, I'm never talking about this again to anyone because no one will ever understand and no one wants to know and no one cares. Like you just said, if someone just said to me, it's okay. Like my mum did eventually, you know, once I opened up to her, you know, it's okay. You're just not very well at the moment. Um, you're not alone and we can get through this. It's just, it's, it's not, it's, that's it, isn't it? You just want to feel your feelings are validated and it's okay. And someone will listen. You know, you don't almost want someone to try and fix it at all because it's not at that point in time fixable immediately, like I put a bandaid on it. But it's just to say, isn't it? Like I'm here. I'm, I'm going to listen, we can get, you know, I can help you get through this. And you're right, that's it. But I think there is a lot of fear when people, when someone else would start talking to you about it. It's, oh, I don't know what to do, I panic, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? But I think if, you just, if you're just there and you just listen. Yeah, that's it. And as well, you know, you, I often think when I first started talking about this stuff, I was always, you know, our oh, people don't want to listen because, you know, they don't understand or they don't exist. And then like now, I've got a bit of a different way of looking at it. And I think, you know what? Some people might be going through their own stuff and sometimes it's too close for home, you know? And sometimes maybe people want to talk to me and I think, you know what? Today, I can't hold this space today. You know, maybe next week I can, I can do this, but right now, you know, and maybe that's why people, everyone's got their own, their own reasons, you know? Completely. And I think also it is, it is very difficult if you have not been through something like that. Um, I think it is very difficult to, understand and to well you can't run ever understand can you what someone else is going through but i think it's not yeah it's not someone's fault if they're sort of struggling with that conversation if they just really don't get it um i do a lot of work with uh my black dog you know the, the mm, yeah yeah i've had nikki on i've had um well i've had oh, a few, nikki a few um, wonderful, isn't she? Yeah. yeah i've had a few fellow ambassadors on as well oh great oh please because i love being an ambassador for them and as you know it's um it's just what they're doing is this volunteers are all people who get it they've all been through their own mental health struggles and i think that's that's so key to know that you're talking to someone who does get it yeah, I think it's it's absolutely amazing what they um what they do and and how it works as well. You know, I kind of like I could not have picked up the phone when I was poorly. I couldn't have spoke to someone on the phone, a stranger. Jesus Christ! If someone like rang me, I wouldn't answer it. I was yeah, too like yeah. too anxious to even answer a phone, yeah. like, let alone phone someone else. But you know, I could have sent a text. I could have sent a text. Yeah. And just you know, just sent it and thrown my phone on the couch and maybe checked it in half an hour's time you know that would have been all right and um yeah it's it's wonderful that it's a that a, a, it's a, a message service you know i think yeah. that's brilliant yeah. yeah 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 definitely it's something i've noticed um you know we kind of just chatting about it there really about being compassionate to how people receive this stuff and it, it's something that's a, a clear throughout a lot of the stuff you post online Susie, a lot of your message is around compassion and kindness and love and self-love. And I was just kind of wondering where that comes from for you, because it's, um, it's, it's important stuff. It's vital stuff. And it's stuff we have to learn. We have to learn to be compassionate for ourselves before we can be um, compassionate for other people. Right. And is that yeah. something that comes naturally to you or is that something you've learned over the years? It doesn't come naturally to me at all. I put myself right at the bottom, naturally, which I think so many people do. The bottom of the 
list of priorities, the bottom of the self-love. And it's something that's really a recent thing for me over the last few years where I've just by listening to other people and learning about my own mental health and how to help myself and manage it. It's really, yeah, during lockdown, I felt that I kind of advanced with it because I had a bit more time to focus on myself and realized, you know, like you with kids that if I'm not in a good place, you know, it's not going to help them. So rather than sort of always put their, obviously they they are my priority, but always putting their care first and leaving myself completely neglected, that's not actually going to be any use to them. So it's no, it's not a natural thing. I still every day battle with it because I think I was, brought up like so many of us to think it's a sort of selfish way to be and you 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 know it's a bit decadent to look after yourself and um you know you get that sort of guilt that's attached to it but I'm really working on it all the time that it's so important and that's where a lot of my posts come from so a lot of the time when I write posts they're kind of they are for me too because it's all very easy I'm sure as you know to give other people great advice but it's much harder, you know, to do it yourself. So you're dishing out all this, you know, you know, you deserve your own love and you, you know, if you don't love yourself, you know, first. And But to actually do it is another story. <laughs> so sometimes I sort of have to talk to myself and go, what would you say to, you know, your best friend? That's what I often say. Like, what? if your best friend said to you, I'm feeling like this, you wouldn't say, oh, come on, get on with it. It's silly. You've got to like, you get yourself you just put you absolutely not you would just say right stop you need to look after yourself so no it doesn't come naturally but I'm getting better at it (laughs) what about you yeah again I'm getting I'm getting better at it yeah I I kind of think of it as like um I suppose like self-care or really really important and I still use it now but that what I've come to understand as this journey has gone on is that there's like a, a deeper level to this stuff but you know, it's the internal work and why all the yeah. external stuff is great. They're all useful tools, but that self-compassion and self-love and um, yeah, it's, it's hard, hard going, isn't it? To, to try it and, is. You, know. you have to remind yourself, don't you? And being kind, just being kind to yourself, obviously being kind to other people, you know, is very, very important, but you've also just got to be kind to yourself every day. And um, I've been for a while now meditating every day. And it really, really helps me just 10 minutes, you know, just, just taking myself out for 10 minutes and focusing on that. And, but, you know, often I have to just make myself do it because, oh, I've got far too many other things to be doing. And it it's, it's really just grounds me. And I've realized that, you know, that is something that I want to do and need to do. And it's, it's really important. And, but yeah, it's, it's still kind of often making yourself, do these things, isn't it? And instead of all the other the jobs, the chores, the <laughs> they have to be done as well. But it's just nothing gets done well or properly. I've now realised if if I'm not feeling well. Yeah, it's like getting more done by doing less, isn't it? You yeah, know, just, exactly. Uh, learning exactly. to learning to slow down. And I think, like, actually, especially with self compassion, and it's something that I've been guilty of in the past, is like you actually have to do it. You know, so I for a long time I'd say it. And mm-hmm. I'd say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a very compassionate person and all this sort of stuff. But I wasn't doing it. I was just yeah. saying it. And I used to yeah. say I was open about my mental health, but I wasn't. Yeah. You know, I, just, it, I wasn't um, 
I wasn't really, I was holding things back and, yeah. uh, you know, so it, it's as well as learning to do it, but then we've got to, got to follow it through. Right. And stay, <laughs> stay on it. And yeah, um, I know. So yeah. people say to me, you, you tell everyone else to do this stuff, but you know, you sometimes do it yourself. <laughs> yeah it's really um really tricky but i always say that like my number one priority in life is to like maintain my my mental health because if i if i do that then i'm better at everything i'm a better dad i'm a better husband i'm better at my work and you know and for a long time i tried to do i tried to be the best i could be at everything apart from being me if that makes sense and i wasn't that great you know and i couldn't i couldn't um i couldn't sustain it long term and it was only when i started putting me first i just got better at all the other all the other stuff you know yeah absolutely the same yeah I feel, i've noticed a real difference hello i have a little friend here sorry carry on Tom. Like, oh, he's just coming oh. to the room oh mate i'm surprised mine haven't been in yet to be honest i can hear him getting a bedtime story through the wall <laughs> uh, oh no it's good so um it, well speaking of um kids the um uh, the money that you raise is for young minds, isn't it? Yes, and it, is that, um, yeah, we kind of briefly touched on that before, but is that, um, is that something, and weird it's, um, through not planning this at all, but it's children's mental health week as we record yes. this as well. But, um, yeah, is it, uh, have you got, uh, is it the mum thing or the teacher thing as well that kind of, um, you know, yeah, both really, both really. And, um, you know, I just know that young minds have been amazing for us and the support they give and not just the young people the parents and families and carers as well they have a you know a helpline for them and they're just you know they've always said they will support every single young person who reaches out to them and and they still do and they're just constantly thinking of new ways to to support young people especially now when there's one in six young people with a diagnosable mental health condition and see with lockdown they've just been inundated so it's more important than ever for me to raise the money for them and so we've got 30 we've hit 35,000 pounds for them now which is incredible it's That's all amazing down to the amazing support that's been given this campaign and we're still going so I'm hoping to get to 40,000 but you know I always say that I will say I'm hoping I don't want to get Will you, know, you raise that much money yeah we're doing the podcast Jackie yeah <laughs> so, so yeah we've yeah we've hit we've hit that so that is yeah, I was just mind blown by that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I kind of um, I it's really interesting that you mentioned there actually that young minds also look after the you know the parents and the you know the carers yeah. and stuff like that. And I always think that that's a a conversation. I'm always trying to think of a way to have that conversation or think of people to come on to have that conversation because I really think that that's not talked about enough, right? So we always talk about the person that's suffering and that's important. Yeah. Of course, we need to talk about them, but the impact that mental health has on the people around us is um, is huge, isn't it? And I've always kind of looked at it from a partner perspective because I put my wife through a lot when I wasn't very well. And I've talked about that at length on this podcast, but I'd never really thought just until you said it then, it just popped into my head like about the about parents who are watching their kids you know, go yeah. through these things. And yeah, it's fantastic that there's, you know, some support out there for them, but they could probably, uh, probably need to be a lot more, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the most heartbreaking thing to see your child struggle. And, you know, we're so used to being able to fix things. If they're physically ill, you generally can get them the right medicine or you know, get them to the doctor. But it's just awful watching 
you know, a young person's spiral and, and just not knowing what to do. And of course, you know, you go to the GP and then you're, you, like I said earlier, you're, you're told you it was sort of at least a three month waiting list. And, you know, you desperately need support there and then. So it's, as a, as a whole family, it has a huge effect on everyone. So to have that helpline that Young Minds provide, just, just, just to get a bit of support, to sort of a bit of guidance. They've also, their website's amazing. Just even going on there and sort of seeing other parents talking on blogs and other young people, it's just really helpful to help you feel, you know, not completely alone because that's, that's how you feel. You, you feel like no one else in the world has ever been through this, you know, it's like, and no one else he has any idea how lonely it is and and that's not true so they there's just that that sort of reassurance and help that they can give you and yeah they're, they're really doing amazing things they're involved with trying to get the government doing more for young people's mental health and getting more into schools and they're just constantly you know working on it um so to be able to help them even you know that money is just a tiny little blip, you know, compared to what they they probably need. But you know, even to, to be able to give them that is has been great. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And just to be able to shine a light on on these services as well, because you know, I think a lot of people just don't know what's out there. No. If you'd have asked me before I was ill, or before even I had a podcast, which isn't actually very long, you yeah. know, like what support is there for mental health? Well, I didn't know about Young Minds. I didn't know about My Black Dog. You know, I knew no. the Samaritans, and yes. you know, like that's, that's kind right. of kind of about one. it mm. completely they sort of the samaritans i knew about and i don't think i knew about minds but um before we sort of went through stuff ourselves we i didn't know about young minds and yeah the number of young people's parents who said to me oh you know i didn't know about young minds until they saw the campaign and then they've since been in touch and they've since got support and been pointed in the right direction so you know that raising that awareness about them as well because you're right you just don't really know where to turn do you often yeah yeah very much so and again it's that eco chamber isn't it you just kind of forget that people don't know about this stuff yeah yeah because we're just so used to seeing it and so used to talking about it and completely um, yeah oh mate that's um that's awesome you mentioned meditation um before susie do you have anything else that you do um you know to kind of keep yourself ticking over and uh keep yourself Yes, exercise for me is key, and I've realised it's kind of it's therapy for me every day. And I, I, if I miss, I don't do anything actually. But you know, if I miss, and it can be anything like going out for a walk or going. We've got a stationary bike in the house. Just having a bit of a cycle, getting to the gym or swimming. It just lit. You know, it just gets those endorphins going. And even when I've been, you know, really low and not felt like it talks, it's so hard to get yourself doing it then. Like I, I kind of know now that I've just, I just start, even if it's five, 10 minutes, that really, really helps me. And um, yeah, meditating every day, sort of do try and be as, I'm trying to really practice mindfulness a lot more and live, you know, being present in the moment. I used to, I've been a big worrier about the future and the past and just trying to, and that's kind of my default nature, but I'm getting much better. And again, it's all practice um, about just being mindful about being in the moment and appreciating the, the little things. I wrote a post on Instagram the other day actually about just the little things like, you know, making a cup of tea and just having five minutes properly listening to your kids. So, Cause I think often we, Think, and I've been guilty of this that it's sort of like destination happiness if if I get that big job if I if I get that big car or if you know I'm 
making some big huge statement at work you know that's what's going to make me feel valued but actually it's not about what you're doing or what you have you know like what you have in your house or it's it's the little things that you know can really make such a difference and make you realize how you know life is good and you know just those sort of five minutes of I don't know walking outside and looking at the trees and I've become much much more mindful of that kind of thing um which which really helps yeah that's um that's a lovely way to look at it isn't it I think history is full of people that spent a lifetime trying to get to a certain place and when they got there they realized that maybe it wasn't all that right or yeah. just the, the boundaries just keep changing you yeah. know there's always going to be you know that new job or that that new car or i always yeah. try and focus on um being content rather than happy yeah. you yeah. know and yeah. just trying to just yeah. just be content because you can be content and you can still be happy and unhappy you know and content is quite a nice way to be but yeah happiness is uh we're not supposed to be in that state all the time right so no. it's an emotion to be to be felt and um yeah move, move it's, on from exactly there. it's it's it'll be impossible to be happy all the time it's just it's just the most unnatural inhuman thing ever but we've sort of been led to believe that if you're not feeling happy you know that content is a lovely way of, of looking at it yeah i think being content is would be perfect yeah that's it and it, i yeah. think there's a lot to be said if like if you can be content with your with your life then you know that not many people can say that you know and i um, think it, it, it takes a lot of work a lot of inner work to kind of get to that place where you can where you can say it yeah and that there was yeah. something else that, like i wanted to touch on susie as well i'm a little bit conscious of your time but um it obviously you're really associated with the mental health conversation do you sometimes have to like watch yourself or take a step back from that because i'd imagine you get a lot of messages and Definitely. you know you do a lot of thinking about this stuff a lot of talking yeah. about this stuff a lot of people yeah. like me you know saying oh come on for a chat you know yeah. like um you know do you get times where you think right it's enough now i need a little break from the um being part of the conversation yeah i don't feel i need a break from being part of the conversation i certainly find i need a break from the social media and i need to just sort of clock off i'm going to do it next week actually and just have a week where i don't look at my phone and um because you're right i do get a lot of messages and you know, obviously i want to help anyone I can I'm um, by no means a mental health professional I'll make that absolutely clear to people and just point them in the right direction but I am um, yeah I was really struggling myself actually at sort of second half of last year and had to just you know as much as I was trying to help everyone else's mental health my husband said but, you know your mental health you know is actually snow you know, what's the word? Not snow diving. Is that even a word? You know, <laughs> you know, don't, you're, you're not doing so well yourself. You need, to, you need to sort of check in on yourself. So I do definitely have times where I step back from it and, and you know, I'm giving out all this advice, but I've got to look after myself and I've got to, you know, I, I actually ended up going, you know, back to the doctor and getting back on antidepressants. And because I just had to sort of stop and go, you know, I'm actually really not okay here. I'm really struggling. And I need to do exactly what I tell everyone else to do is go and get the help that I, you know, is right for me. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely I do. Sometimes we're talking, I'm talking so much about everyone else's mental health. <laughs> don't neglect your own. <laughs> but no, so I'm, I look forward to sort of weeks off. I don't know how you find the social media world. It, it can be so great, but it can also be quite all consuming. And I need to 
just put it away sometimes and and just switch off and unplug yeah definitely i suppose it's just like a constant evaluation process i always think like who am i who am I doing this for? You know, I mean, is this going to add some value or is, am I just doing this? Cause I know a lot of people are going to click the like button and it's a, like a vanity thing. And then I'm quite lucky really. I'm a massive fan of, um, uh, the UFC and mixed martial arts, which is usually on a Saturday night in the, or the very early hours of Sunday morning. And I don't get to watch it because of the kids. I don't get to watch it till like Sunday night. So I always have Sunday where I don't go online or I don't, cause I don't want to see any spoilers and that kind oh, of that okay. forces me. So once my, once I go to bed on Saturday night, my phone doesn't go back on then until I've watched That's the That's nice though. Do you feel like it's sort of a relief that you know, you've just got that Sunday where you will not be looking at your phone? Yeah. Because if I try to do it without a reason, I don't know sometimes you get a bit twitchy for it almost you know and you know I had to like leave it in another room or I'll give it to my wife and I'll say take this phone away from me because this is ridiculous I know Um, but yeah there's no way I'll spoil my uh, fighting that's part of my self my strict self-care regime is to get Uh, good I like that and I like that Sunday you just know you have it completely free of the phone because it can become a bit of a you know as much as I love what I do it can become a bit of a um chore sometimes can't it and you like you just very well said you almost feel like you have to put a post up because i haven't you know have to do a daily post but actually is this adding value is it some days i think i don't really know what to say and those are the days i go i don't need to post them because i'm just doing it for the sake of it and you know no one's going to think oh my goodness and even if they did you know what the world is not going to end if you, but you you get sucked in don't you into that sort of um way of thinking so you're right it's if it adds value then great if not just leave it yeah i try and like if i'm creating more than i'm consuming that's another way i try and try and look at it you know but i've had a strop this week and i've been like right i'm done jumping through hoops for this algorithm i don't care Uh if my engagement goes down i am done you know and i just try and uh, i can't work it out yeah oh i get that yeah i'm that's it that's it (laughs) (laughs) but you know there's positives as well you know there's um you know a lot of amazing connections and you know it kind of makes the world go round you know and it is a a powerful tool when used uh used correctly you know oh yeah i've met so many amazing people like yourself who just would never have crossed paths with you know the the whole campaign wouldn't have happened we wouldn't have raised that money for young minds if it hadn't been through social media so it can be so wonderful yeah yeah definitely oh mate well it's a you know it's a wonderful campaign and um yeah i can't wait to see where it's going to pop up next oh, you know it's incredible where, uh, where it spreads but uh, yeah like i say when i wear my t-shirt it's a a guaranteed conversation starter and i think that's kind of that's what it's all about right oh, as advocates yeah. that's that's the that's the plan well yeah. you were saying that makes it all worthwhile because that's exactly why i started the whole thing and if you know any celebrities obviously let them know that i will send them a shit t-shirt you know you'll, if you have any famous friends yeah, well, you know, one or two via this uh, via this podcast, so uh, Ooh, you never right, know. Yeah. I'll, I'll spread uh, spread the word, mate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving in different circles these days, mate. <laughs> All these celebrities I'm hanging out with. Oh, yeah, mate, I've, you out. <laughs> oh, mate, I've enjoyed it so much. It's lovely to meet you in person. I kind of oh, felt like I um, like we already knew each other, so it's lovely yeah, to I have know. a bit of a bit of a chat. And thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I really you, appreciate Pastor. it. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you for listening from the Proper Mental Podcast. Please like and subscribe. This five stars.